Welcome to the third episode of MDRT's Agency Principle Series, a five-part series featuring discussion about the state of the insurance industry. In this episode, hear why it's important to look forward and plan for what's to come in financial services five, 10, or 20 years from now. Our participants are... Jim Pittman, Insurance Consulting Services. Brian Winnikoff, I'm the President and CEO of Crump Insurance Services. Ben Nevigens, I'm the President at LifePro Financial Services. Tori Venduzen Rose, Diversified Brokerage Services. Ryan Penny, Penny Insurance. Gonzalo Garcia from Agency One. You'll hear from these industry leaders how they support advisors as entrepreneurs today and into the future. As you look around the world, and I know how much of you tend to see what goes on outside the U.S., have you looked outside these borders, or is that relevant for you as you see where other countries and regulatory systems have gone to, to shape your influence about what might be coming or how to avoid what might be coming? Well, I think right now it's uh, particularly of interest with the DOL and some of that regulation that we're all paying real close attention to. And so you kind of have to look at how some of the other countries have navigated through those same regulations. You look at Australia and I think you look at the UK. They've gone through that and they've survived. Their careers look a lot different than uh, probably what they did before. So, you know, rather than us just kind of sitting around with our heads in a hole saying it can never happen here, you kind of want to skate to where the puck's going to be. And we do look to, you know, some of those other foreign countries and how they've uh, kind of navigated those waters so that we can attempt at least to be, be more prepared. I think one of the advantages of being an MDRT member, which I am, as well as a BGA, so I kind of play both sides of that line, is I think there's some people who see the international element as a disadvantage or maybe as a taking away from what MDRT was. And I look at it totally differently. I look at it as over the last five or six years, some of my best sales ideas have come from people outside the U.S who looked at the exact same problem from a completely different perspective and came up with a way to solve it that we can apply. I mean, I think one of the ones I, I think of specifically is a way of presenting disability insurance. Disability insurance is, who wants to be disabled? I'm gonna give you disability insurance. I mean, but when you think about it as being income protection or uh, income insurance, all you got people's attention, but when you also look at how it works and what it p pays for, I think that there's a, a tremendous amount of information that we can learn. And I think that there's kind of a big trend where the teacher often learns more than the student. And I think we have the opportunity as sometimes being the teacher and, and presenting and, and participating in programs and teaching other people. And vice versa is true, I think, just as often. I really enjoy the international element of our business. And I think although it doesn't always directly relate, I think there's a lot of opportunities that go with it. What are you doing to recruit new advisors or agents and what sort of challenges are you running into as you do that? We've talked about complexity, talked about regulation. What do you see there as you're trying to get shelf space with uh, folks that are already busy and crowded and saying, why you? We try to think like the advisor thinks, put ourselves in their position, in their business. What challenges do they face? Is it their marketing? Like Ryan mentioned, many of them aren't good marketers, getting in front of new people. Technology, many advisors don't embrace technology or are worried about it. So what we try to do is develop as many value propositions and services that meet those needs. Uh, we'll do the marketing for them. We'll help them with the technology. We'll help them manage their CRM, whatever it might be, so that you kind of take that burden off of them. 
the advisor that we probably all work with is not just a life insurance salesperson, they're also an entrepreneur. They're independent advisors and there's their own set of challenges that come along with being an, uh, an entrepreneur. So how many of those things can we address? And what that also then does is if we can do a good job at that, it kind of creates that stickiness. Our retention is improved by doing that and uh, we have more of a personal partnership relationship than it is a customer-based relationship. So. Back in that late 80s, Chip, my brother, likes to talk about a story when he went to one of his first local NAFA meetings with my dad. And my dad is usually a pretty upbeat, happy guy. And he noticed he was a little down that day. And so he kept prodding at my dad to say, what, what's going on with you? What's the matter? And he said, well, I want you to take a look around this room. Now, Grant, this is the late 80s. And he said, oh, yeah, dad, there's just a bunch of old guys selling insurance in this room. And he said, you're right. And he said, so, so who are you going to be selling insurance to in 20 years? Who's going to be your customer? And he said, we need to start thinking about this now. And this was late 80s. And, and so we did. So we developed a, a strategy that worked well for our brokerage agency, and that was to go after national accounts, recruit thousands of producers at a time rather than one by one. We still maintain a great independent brokerage in environment in our local presence, but we like to go after groups of agents. And then we take a look at those agents in those segments that we've recruited and find out what their needs and wants are and deploy our relationship managers in the field to meet with them face to face and really discuss what is affecting them today, what's preventing them from talking about insurance, what's preventing them from closing that sale, and then really help develop them. It's a big investment, but it's it's been successful thus far, and we just continue to dive deeper into the relationships that we currently have and foster them and make them more profitable for the producers. We take a little bit of a different approach only because really we have no interest in being really big. As corny as it sounds, it's a lot of referrals. I agree with Ben in that these folks are entrepreneurs. They just happen to be in the insurance or financial services business. They have a lot of challenges. They want networks of people. They want people that are going to share ideas with them and help them run businesses or find other ways to leverage off of the tools and technology that, that are available out there and you know to the extent that we can help them do that and deliver service levels that are meaningful to them then it's very easy actually to get people to refer others to you and I think we've lost the art of asking for referrals in this business we do it a lot thanks for listening next month find our fourth episode on SoundCloud or iTunes